morning. So Holy Spirit, uh, thank you that you're here, that you're in this place. Lord, would you speak to us this morning? May we encounter your living word today. May we encounter the living word today. Lord, I pray for the, um, for the ones who are, who are unwell, that they might encounter you and encounter your, your healing touch. I pray, Lord, for the, uh, for the ones who are feeling uh, worn out and uh, tired out, and I uh, pray that you would, uh, you'd lift us up, God. We would know your, you would know your strength. We'd know your, uh, your life, your life flowing through our veins. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we, we need you so much. So please come and move in this place. Amen. Um, at the end of uh, last, last term, it seems like so long ago. Hey, last term. Uh, in the end of last term, we got um, Elena goes to Kotakota School, yeah, great school, and the headmaster. Um, he sent around a, a newsletter because uh, I'm getting used to this whole, you know, getting used to this whole school thing where the headmasters send newsletters around. I mean, Lanny's only been at school one term, so we're kind of getting to it. Anyway, he sends around a, um, a newsletter and he starts with this: uh, "It is, it is with some relief that we have made it to the end of this term." <laughs> This is from the headmaster. It is so, with some relief that we've made it to the end of this term. There is a palpable sense of weariness in children and staff. A couple of weeks operating at a different pace is a good opportunity to recharge the batteries. <clears throat> I, give me a wave like, if you can relate to that. <laughs> I can relate to that too. And, and, you know, last term I think was real, really challenging for schools. There was like, so much sickness going around and it was just an exhausting time. And then, uh, and now, so that was two weeks ago, you get to the end of the school holidays, uh, how many feel recharged and ready? <laughs> yeah, Judah. <laughs> you can grab your chocolate, I don't know where they've gone. Um, but anyway, it's so, it's like the school holidays didn't tick that box. Um, and so for the last two weeks, something that Jesus, uh, Jesus said, it's kind of been bothering me, to be honest. Um, and it's in Matthew 11, and I mean that in a respectful way. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, verse 30. He said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this, this verse, I love it, but it kind of bothers me. Um, because I want the rest that he promises, but I usually don't feel that rested. And uh, I mean, I'm sure that some of you might relate to that as well. Um, so is it just that we need more holidays? Yes. <laughs> a couple of weeks, you, I don't know. Uh, this is just what's been happening for us uh, recently. A couple of weeks ago, we went up to stay, we went up to Tauranga to stay with um, Tessa's, Tessa's uh, parents and we went up to stay for four nights and, uh, and five days, four nights, five days. And while I was there, I was thinking about holidays and, uh, and how, like, how often for me, um, 
I, I really like getting home from holiday, <laughs> from, from a trip away. I, I find home, uh, home is the place that I can relax. Home is the place where I feel free, you know. I can, well, I don't want to go down that line of uh, thinking. I, I'm free to do whatever I want in my house. Uh, I can wear what I want. Um, and it's also a place of safety. And so I was writing down some of these ideas. And, and that was the day that uh, one of the household tested positive for COVID. And... Um, and that just changed everything. Because um, our five-day stay turned into two weeks. And there was 12 people in the house, and eventually 11 people caught COVID. <laughs> so I've done my time with it, all right? I don't want it again. Um, so 11 of us caught it. And, and so, you know, a five-day holiday turns into two weeks, extended break. But I can safely say that... Um, this was not the solution for feeling more rested. <laughs> Beautiful location, looking out over a river, like wonderful people, um, comfortable house. Um, we had yummy food. But these things like COVID and Eli, well, I love Eli, but man, he's a Roma. Uh, he, he sometimes has an aroma uh, as well, but he, he, he likes to cruise around and it made for like a challenging uh, couple of weeks. And so this phrase that Jesus says, come to me if you're weary and you'll find rest. Oh, I want that rest. But Jesus said, come to me. He didn't say, go on holiday. He didn't say, go to bed. <laughs> Lie on a tropical beach. Or whatever it is. Like, what do you think of, eh? Where you think, oh, where am I going to find rest? But he doesn't say any of those things. He goes, come to me and you'll find rest. And so the rest that he promises is found in him. And he says, come to me, all who, labor, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. When he, when he speaks of his yoke, uh, he's talking about his teaching and his way of life. He's telling us, you've got to you learn from me. Learn from what I'm doing. Rest for your soul, he says. You'll find rest for your soul. So this, this is the kind of rest that you can experience anywhere, at any time. Whether you're isolating, whether you're not where you want to be, whether you're uh, you know, at work, at school, anytime, anywhere. Rest that is not dependent on externals. Rest that is not dependent on the situations we find ourselves in. Rest that is dependent on being found in Jesus. And there's a, there's a phrase that Jesus uses uh, in John 15, and this phrase is abiding, abiding in him. This is one of the, uh, this is like the chapter that we often come back to in uh, Capital Vineyard. Chapter uh, 15, I'm going to read uh, chapter 15, John 15, 1, 1 to 11, so quite a few verses, but I think it's, this is just a beautiful, beautiful uh, promise. promises. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So if we abide in Jesus, there's some pretty staggering, staggering promises. Some pretty amazing things come together. We will bear fruit when we abide in Jesus and more fruit. And this is, this is speaking of other people coming to know Jesus. That's the kind of fruit he's speaking of. We will ask for whatever we want and it will be done for us if we abide in Jesus and his words abide in us. We will abide in his love. As we know from the Bible, his love is endless. His love is eternal. And then the final words he just spoke to us, we will be full of joy, joyful, happy. (laughs) And this is where I want to bring in another concept this morning. Rejoice. If you scan through the Bible, you'll see this word, rejoice, pop up all the time, time and time again. Here's a few examples from the Psalms. Psalm 13, 5 says, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Psalm 74, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. When you think of the word rejoice, what kind of things come to mind? What kind of activities or actions? It's a, it's a verb. It's a doing word. What kinds of things? You might just imagine it. What kinds of things would you be doing if you're rejoicing? Yeah, all kinds of things, eh? And if you look it up, I looked it up. Uh, the definition, of, and the definition of rejoice is to be very happy, to be very happy, to be delighted, to exult, to feel great joy or delight. The main sense of the word rejoice is to feel joy, to experience joy. Uh, you might be you might be a bit like me. I've I've grown up I've grown up in the church and um, and I've grown up knowing and using the word rejoice like that you know that psalm we just read. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. In it. You know, and and it, um, and I've grown up like knowing this word rejoice and and it's like in church um, rejoice takes on a different meaning. <laughs> And in my mind, it had more to do with something I did, like, oh, okay, it's time to rejoice, praise the Lord, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're so good, I'm so happy. Um, or thanking Him, like something you do, something you choose to do, uh, less, and less to do with actually experiencing His goodness, 
uh, or praising and thanking God out of the overflow of what I was feeling inside. And I think the, I think the truth is, and the, the Bible gets at this, is that it's, it's both of these things. It's both of these things. It's what we do and it's what we, what we feel. Uh, Gospel of Luke, um, chapter 10, is a story of uh, Jesus' followers. I think we might have like, looked at this over the past few, a couple of months as we're in our um, kingdom series. So Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Um, 72 of Jesus' followers, they went out on a mission trip. They went out on this kingdom mission to go do the stuff that Jesus taught them to do. And they came back and they were stoked and it says they were full of joy because they'd set people free from demons in the name of Jesus. Like you'd feel pretty happy if you did that, eh? Come out in the name of Jesus and somebody's set free and they're able to walk in freedom and go, yes, God, you're good. I feel so joyful. That's a cool thing, freedom. And then they come back and they're so full of joy and the Jesus says this. It's quite startling. He says, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's in Luke 10, 20. And so he's just pointing out how our ultimate joy, how ultimate joy comes, comes from the fact that in Jesus, we have guaranteed connection with the Father, with our Father who art in heaven. Your names are written in heaven. When you come to Jesus and you give your life to him, your names are written in heaven. This means that, that even now we have a place in heaven with the one who created us. As Paul says, we are citizens in heaven, seated in heavenly places. And then immediately in the next verse, uh, Luke 10, 21, it says, in that same hour, he, it's talking about Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. These two words, rejoices in, they often, uh, they often come together. <clears throat> They're often paired together. So this is worth thinking about for a moment. Uh, you might try to think of, think of a moment or, um, or a time when you've rejoiced in You've rejoiced in someone or something. So for me, a scene that comes to mind is, um, is you know, a lot of my attention at the moment is, is on Eli because <laughs> he's busy. And so I think about Eli, our son. He's, 20, he's 16 months tomorrow. Such, such a cool guy, isn't he? Like, and anyway, uh, I love him. He's at this age, and he's still at the age where he thinks that I'm, I'm pretty great too. That wears out, apparently. But anyway, he thinks I'm a good guy too. <clears throat> and one of my favourite moments of the day uh, is, is in the morning, if, especially if it's at a kind of a reasonable time, like 6.30 or 7, and he wakes up and, and then we can hear him like babbling and, and sometimes talking to himself in, you know, Eli language. And he go in, and he go into his room, and there he is, like standing in his cot. And as soon as he sees me, he's like, "Whoa, you're here! Yes, Daddy's here!" I'm like, it's just me, man. Don't worry, no one's special. But he's so stoked to see me, and he, he, his face like wide with a smile, and he wants to tell me about what's going on. Uh, he's just so excited. He's rejoicing in me. You know, I am pretty special. I know. <clears throat> You would too, if I came and woke you up in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary thought. 
Uh, okay, back on track. So he's so happy with me, and so he rejoices in me, and, we, and I rejoice in him. When Jesus rejoices in the, in the Holy Spirit, I wonder if it's a little bit like this. Jesus is filled with joy with what the Holy Spirit is doing and, and, is, and is going to do and who He is. And it's not only that, but, but there's a sense like Jesus actually being surrounded by the Holy Spirit. Jesus abiding in the Holy Spirit, found in the Holy Spirit. So there's this, this other sense of rejoicing in, actually in in the Holy Spirit, he rejoices. So that all sounds pretty cool, eh? Rejoice, full of joy, being full of joy in any circumstance. But is it really possible? Is it really possible to abide in Jesus, to be found in him, to find rest, no matter what's going on, to find joy, rest and joy that are not circumstance-based? Is that really possible? Uh, the book of Philippians is the, is the book to turn to. It's the, uh, this book that really captures it, and I think it's absolutely crazy because, uh, I mean, we, we think that seven days of isolation, seven days of COVID isolation, oh, that's rough, eh? Oh, man, I've got to stay home for seven days. The Apostle Paul, he writes the book of Philippians, and he's, he's imprisoned. There's, there's, uh, there's two main uh, ideas. Like One is that he's imprisoned in Rome under house arrest, and again, that sounds pretty cushy until you realise that house arrest means that you're going to be chained to a Roman soldier the whole time. Who probably doesn't want to be there either. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, I just got to go to the toilet. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not great, eh? Anyway, house arrest. House arrest also meant that uh, you had no food. If, if you wanted to eat, it meant people had to bring you food. Uh, can I just be real honest? I was kind of looking forward to being isolating, isolating at home because, you know, I was thinking about all the meals that people were going to bring us. <laughs> Didn't happen. Anyway, um... <laughs> oh, I'm so superficial. Um... Either, you know, or the other, or the other um, common, common view is that, he, that uh, Paul was imprisoned in Ephesus in a, in a jail Either way, stink, stink situation, bad situation. I, you know, I think that I haven't, I haven't been into a prison in New Zealand at the moment, but I think that prisons 2,000 years ago were a whole lot worse, a whole lot worse. Uncomfortable, unsanitary, like, <laughs> you know, living in the in the age of COVID, and we got to wash our hands, and you know, like spray our hands before we do anything. You know, how did he clean his hands after after you know doing what he needed to do? Uh, unpleasant, but as Eugene Peterson puts it, this is Paul's happiest letter, and the happiness is infectious, and it's incredible. I mean, listen to what Paul writes at the very start. This is Philippians 1, uh, verse 3. I thank God in all my remembrance of you, because oh, in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So he's imprisoned either chained to a Roman soldier or in a jail cell somewhere. 
and yet he's praying with joy. And this really sounds, when you read the book of Philippians, it really sounds like this is someone for whom being locked up in prison is secondary to being found in Jesus. Physically, he might be chained to a Roman soldier, but spiritually, he is bound to Jesus. He's bound to Christ. He's abiding in Jesus. It's like his, it's like his main home. He could be anywhere, but his, but his main home is in Jesus, in Christ. So I asked, you know, I asked the question hypothetically, is it, possible, is it possible to have joy and peace in any circumstances? And it looks like it is. And so later in the book of Philippians, he gives this, he gives this practical advice. And I reckon this is incredibly powerful and, and helping us, helping us shape, shape our lives within Christ, within God. And whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whether we are on holiday, whether it's good times, whether it's hard times, whether it's uh, physically tiring times, whether it's challenging, and this is what Paul says, and you might have heard it before, but but try to just capture it. Like might, you might even think of like being being in a hard time and think of what these words might might mean for you. He writes this. This is Philippians four, uh, picking it up at verse four. Uh, Philippians four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Or another translation has gentleness. Let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Let's pause there for a second. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Like you put out your hand. How far away is that? It's close. So this is what, I think this is like this key, this key that I've kind of missed often when I read these verses is, the Lord is at hand, so don't be anxious about anything, because He's here. When I asked Elena this morning, I said, oh, uh, how far away is God? Because I wanted to kind of do this lesson. I'm like, you know, the Lord is at hand, He's this close. And she goes, oh, God's in my heart. (laughs) And she's right. The Lord is at hand, and He's actually within us. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, which means that we can talk to him about it, by, and with thanksgiving, let your request be, na- be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Again, I should pause and just be really honest. Like, um, uh, I think God has been teaching me a lesson over the last couple of weeks, and even last night. I mean, like... Um, you know, we had, we had a difficult night, and so I'm like going, oh, this sucks. And then I'm like, oh, hang on, I'm preaching about rejoicing always tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for teaching me a lesson, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that you're with me, you know. Uh, and actually, um, a couple of nights ago, we were, uh, we were in Napier, and again, it was uh, um, a difficult night. And, and so I had, I had to like consciously think, okay, God, what are some things that I can be thankful for right now? What are some things I can be thankful for? And I was like, oh, well, thank you, Lord, that I've got a warm bed to sleep in. Thank you, God, that I had a yummy dinner to eat tonight. Thank you, God, that I'm in a, in a house, there's heaters, all those kinds of things, like really basic. And my goodness, the change that it brought about in, in me and my thinking. 
because uh, before that, I'd be, I was thinking, oh, God, I just want to be home. I just want to be home. And then he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's something that, man, we've got to really, really fight for. Finally, brothers and sisters, we're all, we're all in this. Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything, <laughs> anything, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So we can really think about quite, quite basic things, eh? Thank you, Lord, that I can come to church today. Or thank you, Lord, that I can watch church online today. Whatever it is. And think about these things. Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. One of the startling things, again, about the book of Philippians is that even though he's uh, apparently got heaps of reason to complain, we never see Paul complaining. He never goes, oh, man, I've got to sleep on the floor, chained to this guy, and it sucks. No, he just praises God all the way through it. I'm filled with joy. I'm praying for you guys. I'm so stoked with what God is doing in your lives. And so I reckon like, if we're smart, if we're wise, then we will pay attention to what, what Paul tells us to do, and we will put these things into practice, especially if we want that joy and that peace. And, I, man, I really do, and that rest. We don't see Paul complaining. So what we give our attention to, what we think about, what we even give voice to, and it makes, a, it makes an incredible difference. And not just for us, but for those around us. Remember that uh, at the beginning of that passage, it says, let your reasonableness be known by everyone. Because this, this stuff is contagious. Um, and I know I've had this example before, but you, but you know that when you, when you can be around a person that likes to complain and how that kind of makes you feel different, a bit less happy. What we give attention to, what we think about, what we give voice to, what we express, it makes a massive difference. And it's vitally important. It actually it, 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 it points to what's going on in our, in our hearts. Good morning. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. You're going to catch the best bit, the end. <laughs> And the coffee, that's the best. In Proverbs 4.23, this is my dad's favorite verse. says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. What we give our attention to, what we think about in our hearts, what's kind of going on in here is really, really important. You can think about it like, like rocks, like getting the rocks out of our heart and how we get the rocks out. By, by filling our minds and our attention with actually good things, things that we can be thankful about. Flow the springs of life. And we want that flow, that, uh, that goodness to flow out. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. In him there's rest. In him there's joy. It's like, it's like Jesus is the medicine. And when you, when you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you medicine, usually they give, uh, give you a little, um, they give you some information about how to take that medicine. Like take it before food, take it after food, take it twice a day, take it two times twice a day, take two tablets twice a day, every second day, you know, that kind of thing. 
Jesus is like the medicine we need. And Paul has helped us by, by giving us those instructions about how to take the medicine, practical advice. Perhaps it's as simple as being thankful, bringing to mind all of the good things God has blessed us with. Choosing, and this is like just a daily practice, choosing not to complain, but to, reju- but to rejoice in all circumstances. <clears throat> and and asking, asking Jesus to give us his joy. Remember, the Lord is at hand. He's here. He's in my heart. And if you know him, he's in your heart. Asking Jesus to give us his, his joy and his rest. And that's it. I thought I'd do something awkward to finish. <laughs> and that's to, that's to, like we, that's to stand together and I'll, I'll pray. And I, and I wondered if um, even some people could even pray out loud, just, just being thankful, just expressing thanks for something. It could be something basic like, thank you, Jesus, that James has finished talking today. <laughs> or whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus, that I've got a house to live in, you know? And, and almost like we can, we can just do that for a while, let it be awkward. If no one says anything, that's fine. Um, and also we'll just invite the Holy Spirit to move and we'll just see what he's doing for a second. And as, as always, we want to have time to be able to pray, pray for one another. And so, uh, you know, we'll make the space available to pray for one another or you can pray for one another in your chairs and everything like that. Sound awesome? Cool. Someone give me a wave. That's awesome. Good. Thanks, Rosemary. Cool. So why do you stand? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, today for you are good, that you are at hand. Lord, that you're with us. You're near to us. You're with us and you are doing a good work. Sometimes it's hard to see uh, what, what you're doing in our lives. Sometimes it feels like you're distant. But, Lord, we, we just stand on the promises of your word that you're with us today. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for uh, the space. Lord, thank you that we can gather here at 147 Thorn and Key. Thank you that we can gather without restrictions. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your words, the the Bible that you speak to us, God. And Holy Spirit, I I invite you now, Lord. Even by uh, this morning, we invite you to come and do a work in our hearts, Lord. That, uh, that palpable sense of weariness that Elena's principle wrote about. Lord, I pray that, that rather than being, there being a palpable sense of weariness, that there would be a real sense of, of rest and of restoration in our lives, Lord. Even now, God, that we might, we might go out from this place and go, man, I feel like I've had a holiday. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. So just if you, you might just even think of things to be thankful for God now. And if you're feeling brave, then just um, then pray it out loud or pray it in your heart. Yeah, Lord, there's always, always so much we can be, be thankful for, and we praise you today, Lord. 
Well, thank you. That it's almost like even as we've been uh, expressing our thanksgiving and our praise to you, that there's been um, uh, even like a, even like breakthrough in our lives. So our our praise, our praise of you can bring breakthrough. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, as we as as we as we go out from this place this afternoon and and during the week, may may you bring to mind things that we can uh, express praise for to be thankful for. May you may turn our minds constantly back towards you and of what you're doing. That every circumstance, we might be able to praise you for something. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just as we as, as we were doing that, um, just the, the sense of God sort of coming in closer Love to be out, love to pray for you this morning, um, and others will come and gather. If you want prayer for anything, then please come forward. If you're like going, well, I'm in a tough situation and I need people to stand with me um, and, and to pray, then we'll pray for you. If you want healing, love to pray for you. Um, if there's someone in your family that needs healing, we'd love to pray for you. If there's just something, anything that's going on, we'd love to love to pray for you. Because as Paul also says. You know, you can bring your supplications, bring your requests to God. So we'd love to do that. Uh, also, uh, coffee will be being served. Um, as I said before, that we'll put the, the bread and the juice at the back in the cafe area if you want to um, help yourself to that. And otherwise, let's just enjoy uh, fellowshipping with each other and being with each other. Lord, I pray you, again like you, you bless us uh, today. You bless us as we go out. Bless the ones that are at home. Uh, yeah, I pray for your hand on this church. Thank you for um, for carrying us through what's been a difficult couple of years, but you're carrying us through, and I believe you've got great things in store for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the, the cornerstone of the church. You're the head of the church. Thank you, Lord, we can we can abide in you and discover more of you all at the same time. In Jesus' name, amen.